0: Disability Inclusion in Medical Education Towards a Quality Improvement Approach by Dr. Singh and Meeks. Introduction. The shift in focus to a more diverse workforce that includes physicians with disabilities has gained considerable international traction. Indeed, disability inclusion is experiencing a renaissance in medical education. Across the globe, Medical education associations, regulating bodies, and programs espouse the value of disability inclusion and are calling for systems change, including removing systematic barriers to qualified trainees with disabilities and strengthening inclusive practices. Medical Association Guidance. In recent years, five medical associations have provided significant guiding documents that directly call for action in medical education. Guidance on medical program applicants and students with a disability was published by the Medical Deans of Australia and New Zealand. A study to evaluate barriers to medical education for trainees with disabilities was provided by the American Medical Association Council on Medical Education and disability in the medical profession was provided by the British Medical Association. While these publications call for greater disability inclusion, they also unveil global barriers and ongoing challenges for qualified trainees across the medical education continuum. Lack of regulation. Despite known barriers, little regulation exists to protect trainees with disabilities. Accrediting bodies, which usually regulate trainee support, offer little guidance on disability inclusion beyond legal requirements for non-discrimination and reasonable accommodation. While disability-focused regulations are absent, some accreditation bodies do require schools to engage in quality improvement efforts or QI efforts. Given the calls for disability inclusion by medical associations, Coupled with the prevailing lack of regulation, models of quality improvement may hold material benefit for guiding disability inclusion and service efforts. In this commentary, we offer considerations for quality improvement in medical education that address the globally revised trilogy of the World Federation for Medical Education, WFME, standards of QI, at all three levels of education, basic medical education, training, and practice. We propose a vision of systems-based disability inclusion, accessible and equitable medical education using key terms from Deming's point for quality management, designed to guide organizational practice and behavior. Deming's points for quality management. Although initially designed for industry, Deming's models have been applied to the field of medical education. Deming's model is especially applicable to the subject of disability inclusion. First, Deming's approach to improvement is specific to the system versus the individual. Disability inclusion has historically been viewed as an individual issue problemizing the person without review of the system. Second, Deming's model recognizes that the continued use of a flawed system will hinder a company's growth and calls for organizations to undergo fundamental change, throwing out historical theories of how work is accomplished, an approach supported by researchers focused on disability inclusion. Next, Deming's theory calls for us to break down organizational and professional barriers as a necessary move for creating opportunities for people to generate new insights and ideas for improving service quality. Finally, Deming's calls on leaders to minimize uncertainty and variability in executing service, a need endorsed in the literature. Here, we apply nine of Deming's 14 points of quality management theory to improve the inclusion of individuals with disabilities in medical education. Deming's points as applied to disability inclusion. Deming point one, create consistency of purpose towards improvement. Using Deming's point one, Albanese called for medical education to create an institutional culture that incorporates the long-range perspective with a focus on continual improvement of the learning environment, a key idea for disability inclusion. Indeed, disability inclusion work in medical education is often school-specific, spearheaded by one or two champions who advocate for disability inclusion in policy, practice, and curricula. Given the champion model, a change in faculty may result in a reduction in or complete elimination of disability inclusion work. Alternatively, if the entire medical education enterprise commits to a continuous improvement model, then disability inclusion remains a priority of the enterprise, regardless of any changes in faculty or leadership. Deming point two. Adopt the new philosophy. Deming suggested adopting a new philosophy for quality improvement. Historically, disability inclusion has been viewed as a compliance issue with the primary goal of mitigating litigation risk. While training environments vary in their approach to disability inclusion, the social justice lens which incorporates an avowed commitment to increasing diversity in all respects is oft forgotten when it comes to disability in her work on disability inclusion, Dr. Jane calls for a transformative approach guided by the principles of intentional inclusion where disability is viewed as a normal part of human variation and a valued social identity. Under this approach, the training environment shifts to one that is intentionally designed to include all trainees with universal design and flexibility built into the system. Change is an ongoing process, see point five, with the goal of improving the environment for all trainees and the achievement of competency through multiple and diverse pathways. Thus, a new philosophy would state that disability diversity results in stronger, more capable and innovative systems. The prevailing mindset under this philosophy is that trainees with disabilities add value to healthcare and, therefore, should be celebrated. Deming's point three cease dependence on inspection to achieve quality by building quality into the product in the first place. Albanese argued that in applying Deming's step three to medical education, Assessment should be there for the purpose of helping students identify where they need to improve with the focus on high quality education and early problem detection so that remediation can be applied. However, high quality trainee assessment may be absent when it occurs within a barrier-laden ableist environment. Within medical education, disability is often problematized as a threat to the system. Indeed, medicalization or the tendency of a medical institution to deal with diverse non-conforming conditions and behaviors entering the realm of biomedical knowledge as problems to be cured is an oft-reported issue. The state of disability inclusion can be measured by systemic barriers to access, which lead to disparate outcomes for trainees with disabilities compared to their non-disabled peers. These barriers are present in several domains, including admissions, instruction, process, access to accommodation and medical training and licensing exams, lack of knowledge regarding reasonable and appropriate accommodation or adjustment, and discriminatory practices for physician licensure. In the context of an ableist and historically hostile environment, the need to self-identify a disability will also result in an underreporting of disability and a cadre of trainees who are silently suffering, never truly having full access to our programs and never reaping the benefit of feeling included in the medical community. The policy support for US-based trainee-driven disclosure and request is partially informed by the law. In this case, It prohibits institutions or organizations from preemptively determining that a person is disabled and offering accommodation. Despite legal restrictions on pre-inquiry, organizations can and should engage in proactive approaches to access by utilizing mechanisms of universal design of instruction, making the learning environment accessible to all learners through the creation of teaching and learning products that are designed for all trainees to the fullest extent possible. To date, no system-wide requirement to remove barriers to disability inclusion exist, leading us to Deming's point four. Deming's point four, move towards a single supplier for any one item. Deming strongly urges manufacturers to develop a relationship with a single supplier. The original goal is to raise the quality and reduce the variability of the materials that come to the manufacturer. In medical education, there's no consistent process for supporting a trainee once a disability disclosure is made. Indeed, most will enter an unregulated, uninformed system, leaving them vulnerable to persistent ableist beliefs about their ability to become physicians and under accommodation or outright denial of accommodation due to the lack of specialized support. Disability inclusion efforts are often left to the individual institution, sans best practice or regulation, leading to inconsistent decision-making and highly varied trainee experiences. While suggested structures exist and are designed to reduce bias, avoid conflicts of interest, and enhance proximity and expertise to the process, these structural recommendations are not regulated. The literature consists of multiple calls for specialized disability support. The literature consists of multiple calls for a specialized disability resource professional as an expert touch point for access. This single supplier approach points towards the best practice of having a single disability resource provider so that trainees with disabilities have access to a confidential, non-evaluative leader with expertise in disability inclusion and accommodation in medical training. This single supplier reduces the need for multiple negotiations across the system, allows for centralized and confidential space for holding sensitive disability documentation, and provides support to faculty or administrators who require interpretation of an accommodation. It also reduces disparate treatment that can sometimes occur when evaluators are unaware of their disability-based biases. If regulating bodies were to require this role across medical schools, similar to how they require mental health providers, medical education would move closer to Deming's point four and minimize variation and interpretation. Deming's point five, improve consistently and forever every process for planning, production, and service. Demings highlighted that to be truly responsive to growing needs, an organization must focus on continuous improvement. As more trainees with disabilities enter and inform the system, new barriers will be identified and opportunities for greater inclusion uncovered. A constant commitment to improving allows the system to be nimble, identify barriers, and respond quickly, evolving the system to meet the needs of many trainees through universal design, curricular changes, or enhanced flexibility within a system to allow for the completion of a medical degree in non-standard time. Deming's point six. Institute training on the job. Medical education, social accountability implies a commitment and ability to respond to the requirements of patients and healthcare systems on a national and global scale. Despite the convention on the rights of persons with disabilities in 2006 and the world report on disability in 2011, emphasizing institutions to ensure disability training based on human rights principles. It has not percolated down in principle. There's a growing need for physicians to realize that disability is a social construct and be it in teaching or practice, disabilities must not be taken as a legitimate ground for the denial or restriction of human rights. On this account, Researchers have been calling for disability cultural competencies within healthcare settings to implement justice and autonomy and statutory bodies, writing to accreditation bodies, to mandatory include it. Demings Point 6, Institute Training on the Job. Medical education's social accountability implies a commitment and ability to respond to the requirements of patients and healthcare systems on a national and global scale. Despite the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities in 2006 and the World Report on Disability in 2011, emphasizing institutions to ensure disability training based on human rights principles, it is not percolated down in principle." There's a growing need for physicians to realize that disability is a social construct and be it in teaching or practice, disabilities must not be taken as legitimate ground for the denial or restriction of human rights. On this account, researchers have been calling for disability cultural competence within healthcare settings to implement justice and autonomy and statutory bodies writing to accreditation bodies to mandatorily include it in the BME and PME. Yet, more often than not, the onus lies on a few passionate disability rights activists to bring change through judicial activism to ensure disability competencies are a mandatory part of medical education, to realize Deming's philosophy of institutional training on the job, and to fulfill legal obligations there must be a mandatory training of medical education on disability rights as disability competencies, as well as an aspiration to teach disability consciousness, which draws on Deming's points five and six to consistently and continually aim to grow in our understanding of disability in context. In addition... The philosophy of disability inclusion must be adjusted from one where disabled trainees are viewed as having overcome disability to one where institutions anticipate and normalize disabled trainees as part of the community of diverse learners. 5.7. Deming's point seven, adopt an institute leadership. Despite calls to action on disability inclusion across medical associations, there exists a failure to translate these calls into actionable steps and to create environments that welcome, support, and foster growth in the disabled population. Indeed, continued reports of inaccessibility and training stand as evidence that the aforementioned guidelines are not widely adopted. Researchers have suggested best practices to move beyond mission statements. If we are to excel at disability inclusion, all stakeholders in the system must be committed to the purpose, especially leadership. Deming's philosophy of institute leadership can only be achieved, however, if institutions embrace quality inclusion throughout the organization and where the highest levels of leadership are committed to bringing about measurable change, informed by the disability community. They must act in line with the disability inclusion mantra, nothing about us without us, and communicate to the community their commitment to the cause and an actionable plan to reach the goal. Deming's point eight, drive out fear. For medical educators and leaders and students, fear may stall disability inclusion. From the trainee perspective, the application process for medical school entry retains restrictive views of a good applicant. Trainees report that their programs view the good doctor as someone who is not unwell. The ideal medical applicant and future medical trainee is someone who juggles rigorous academic demands with active social commitments while maintaining excellent evaluations. Given the competitive nature of medical school admissions, many trainees are driven by fear of disclosure and may be encouraged not to share information that might be considered a deficit, like a disability. The admissions process itself may prove burdensome with inaccessible formats for application, lack of access to accommodation on medical school entry exams, inequitable access to physician shadowing, and lack of anti-ableist training for admissions committees. Conversely, admissions committees, faculty, and administrators may fear the unknown and may falsely believe that individuals with disabilities are not well-suited for a career in medicine. In order to encourage disability inclusion, fear must be driven out of leaders through trust and a clear understanding that the program is a safe space to disclose and request accommodation. For training programs, sharing success stories of physicians with disabilities in practice can help to drive out fear. Deming's point 14, the transformation is everyone's job. Despite calls to action, we lack global guidance on disability inclusion in medical education and disability curriculum within medical education. Each person in the institution plays a role in disability access and should understand how they fit into the larger picture of institutional access. Disability access must also be disability informed. Equal access for disabled trainees will not be achieved until and unless we address the needs of the world's largest minority, people with disabilities, both as patients and providers. These deficits, or errors, must be seen as learning opportunities, per Deming. As transformation is everyone's job, the recent launch of the International Council for Disability Inclusion and Medical Education is and its work on producing disability accommodations internationally is a welcome move and needs action participation from the WFME regional associations to reach out to nations with no guidance. Conclusion, WFME has given the trilogy of global standards for quality improvement. We provided multiple points where QI intervention can be used to improve the quality of disability inclusion. Viewing disability from the human rights perspective, providing standardized access and understanding of reasonable accommodation, and providing training to all stakeholders in the system may result in humanizing the culture and climate towards disability inclusion. A more diverse health professions workforce can improve health outcomes, mitigate health disparities, and lead to disability-inclusive Accessible and Equitable Health Professions Education, Training, and Practice. The authors would like to acknowledge Riley Bechkal for her editorial assistance. No conflicts of interest were noted. And both authors contributed equally under the ICJME-4 criteria.